0: Hello and welcome to the ADL podcast for discussion, debate, and the latest thinking on local development, social affairs, and the environment. Today we are pleased to host Enrique Nieto and Michelle Lane discussing the long-term vision of rural areas and what it will take to succeed. Welcome everyone. Today we are very honored to have with us Michelle Lane, member of the board of ADL but also an expert with a long-lasting experience in rural development. He's considered by many the father of the LEADER program. Now, after many years working in the European institutions and with many years on rural development, now he's working on the ground helping uh, rural communities to move forward. So today we would like to explore this new process that the President of the Commission launched in 2020 Uh, trying to come up with a long-term vision for rural areas. So, Michel, welcome. And for me, my first question would be, what needs to happen in such an important process and political process as well, so it triggers action
1: Uh, In fact, uh, asking the the question and looking at the the proposal of the the, the president of the commission about a long-term vision for the rural areas, it reminds me uh, the year uh, of when the leader was issued, because just before that, the commission issued a paper for the, the future of the rural society. It was in, uh, if I remember well, in the, the, at the end of the, the 80s. And I think the situation uh, are, are quite similar. And I hope that the paper prepared by this, the present commission will have the same impact as the, the previous paper had. Because the, the paper uh, of 88, I think it was in 88, uh, it was really, uh, it has the, the, the quality for a, a real vision. I, I mean, what are the, these qualities for me? What do you need to do to build a vision? First, you need to understand the local and the diversity of the local economies and the way it works, uh, uh, how they produce the richness and how they import uh, also uh, the the. Mm, uh, resources, uh, financial resources which are produced elsewhere, with, via the tourism, for example. Uh, a rural vision can no longer be a purely agriculture-oriented uh, vision. And it was already the case in eighty uh, eight. It was the big shift, I would say, from agriculture to rural. Second, you need to build a narrative to, 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 uh, if you expect people to uh, uh, encompass your, your vision and to accompany and to be stimulated by your vision, you need a narrative. And I hope, but I'm not sure, <laughs> that the commission will be able to, to build a narrative because it's not, so, it's not so easy, but it's very needed. Third, um, you need to be sure that your approach is really holistic but holistic at local level, but not only only at at local level. But you tackle all the problems that the rural areas are facing. Because if you concentrate only on one problem, maybe you will have very innovative project and solutions for this problem. But you will not change the life of the people. What is the the aim? The aim is well-being, well-being of the people which are living in the rural areas. And in order to uh, ensure that this vision can be translated into actions, you have to set it in, in, in a broader context. I have seen that it's it's promising that in the roadmap document already issued by the commission, there is an integrated approach. Well, let's see if it's translated in the in the, in the final paper. But the, the idea is there, and I'm quite optimistic that it uh, also, when I see the number of commissioners which are involved in the, in, in the process, but they, can, they are able to, to set this a, into a, a broader context. But the main difficulty is not so much to write, to, to write the paper, is to ensure that it has the, the, the ability to transform the society and the rural areas and to, to, to trigger actions, to, to take your, your words, Enrique. In my opinion, what is first of all to trigger is to trigger the mind shift amongst local actors. Because like in leader, everything is about the, the, the way you deliver the, the policy. the the kind of governance that you use and the the cooperative spirit that you instill at all levels, but starting with the local levels. And the second point is that uh, the Commission, uh, I hope that on this paper, there will be a real mechanism for rural proofing of all the policies. When I say mechanism, it's a mechanism to reorient and to decide on how, all policies are uh, implemented uh, if the rural actors uh, uh, feel that they are neglected or uh, disadvantaged uh, by the the, the policies in place.
0: Thank you, Michel. I think you, you tackle many points and very important points. You mentioned issues around recognizing the diversity, issues around the need for uh, being holistic in the way rural problems are being tackled, as well as policy level. And I would like to dig in a little bit more on this holistic approach, because this is not something new. I mean, as you mentioned, this is a claim that is, is, is been coming from for, for many, many years. And, and still, rural society is still demanding this holistic approach. What's happening that is, is, this is not happening at the moment, and, and the society keeps asking for that? Do, do you have any views on, 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 the, on that issue?
1: It's a governance problem. Main policies are decided at a level which is too high to take into account the diversity. Plus, there is a lack of uh, uh, transversality in the way the policies are designed. Uh, but the transversality, you cannot imagine it at uh, the, the overall level at uh, European or national or even often regional level. You have to go to the local level to ensure the transversality and the integration of the various components of the problems uh, to to solve. And so uh, it's mainly a problem of of governance and devolution and uh, empowerment of the the, the local uh, communities. I I was, two weeks ago, I, I was in the... Scottish rural parliament and the main issue which was discussed there was devolution the and the, the 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 need for local people to make their own decision and to ensure that even the the money is decided at, at local level the land is owned at local level the companies are uh, owned at local level the only way to uh, to be holistic and to uh, take into account your, your, your situation. Another component of the, of the governance, and I, I'm a bit, um, I don't want to be too, too, too emotional or too, too political, but I think that one of the main challenges the rural areas, like other, but it's mainly, it impacts more on the rural areas, are facing is the crisis of democracy. When you look at the, um, the surge of the autocracies, the authoritarian attitudes, the growing participation gap between the politically rich and the politically poor, uh, look at the gilets jaunes in France, it's uh, really uh, clear evidence of, of, of this. You, you see that there is really a need for democratic innovation. And democratic innovation is something that you organize at the grassroots level. It's something local. It's the community economy. It's the participatory budgeting. It's the social enterprise model. It's the collective intelligence that you can uh, organize at, at local level. The vision in, in question—it's also uh, the future of of the European democracy, which is uh, which is uh, at stake here.
0: I can I cannot agree more with you, uh, Michel. Um, and actually, I wanted to uh, explore a bit further as well about these issues that you are raising about the issue of governance, the issue about democracy and, 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 and bringing down decision-making power and empowering local communities. Um, I know you are, uh, you are very much aware of this uh, uh, the policy carried out in Italy for, for inner areas, uh, they call it the inner area strategy, um, I understand this strategy as precisely not pure, traditional bottom-up approach, but a combination of the bottom-up. So using the the, 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 the local know-how and capacities combined with a, a, a top-down, more, uh, more or less intervention, where you bring additional knowledge, you bring funding, and you bring other things that the combination of the two allows to, to develop. Can we learn something from that uh, approach in this process of the long-term vision? Uh-
1: I totally agree. we, we, can, we can really uh, <clears throat> bring a lot from that kind of approach because <clears throat> on the one hand, that approach of the one of the benefit of that approach is that it reconciles to the two dimensions which are often uh, g- uh, keeps uh, separated. One is the local economic uh, local d- development, by, by local actors, the leader approach, let's say, and on the other hand, all the preconditions to enable that, that local development. I mean, what the Italian uh, 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 called the essential services, and under essential services, we have listed education, health, and transport. Plus the broadband, but the, the broadband is a tool. Eh? But uh, I, I insist it's it's a it's a key tool. Without uh, connectivity, all the rest is just uh, words. The merit of the the Italian uh, marginal area strategy, let's say are intern, it means marginal areas, is to establish the link between the way you implement these essential services, which are financed directly by the state. It's additional money and piloted, the the orientations are piloted at state level with the leader approach, classical leader approach, which is about economic and social development of the link with the specificities of the area. And this interesting feature in my opinion is that Uh, the the dialogue which uh, has occurred between state representatives from the ministries of transport, uh, education and health, and local people, um, elected or local citizens, in order to identify what are the best solutions for them? What are their transport proposals? in order to solve if you are in a mountainous area the cost of maintaining a bus network is too high uh, you have to imagine innovative way of, of transportation with the support of the new technologies when you can you you can register your needs on a on a on a, on a site and uh, there is a a flexible organization of the transport. The same for the ELF. We have established a quite innovative uh, telemedicine with um, in nurses, which are attached with a, with each local community, and the, the nurse is directly linked with the doctors, which are in in uh, in the city, in the main, in the hospital, uh, and, and it means that in the small village. Uh, the, the people no longer need to go to the hospital for uh, standard uh, examination it's done by the nurse with the support of the telemedicine and so on and so on and so forth it, the same for for, for uh, uh, education system uh, for the mountain school for example with distance learning and uh, uh, multi-level schools and and so on but well I think that there is a, a a lot to to bring from that kind of experience. There are not so many um, local initiatives which are holistic, not so many uh, in uh, my professional life I haven't met a lot. The only one that I really think is holistic, uh, again, it's no longer of the European Union, and it has not been financed by the, the European funds. But it's the Totnes city in, in, in Devon, in, in England, eh? in Devon. The, the transition, the, the one which have originated the transition uh, cities uh, movement, <clears throat> and it's a, it's a small city. It's a, it's a rural setting. Eh? Uh, but <clears throat> these people which are strictly volunteers volunteers there is no one which is an uh, employee either. all volunteers or, or community um, based uh, with a very strong cooperation they have uh, they have uh, gone in all field from Affordable housing, sharing skills, reducing the ener- energy cost, growing a local food economy, uh, health, culture, everything. There are projects and initiatives in in all the, the possible things you can imagine. It's really a holistic approach, and <clears throat> I think it's uh, also interesting to to see the result because I now you can see the result. It has initi- it was initiated in. Uh, 2006, if I remember, remember well, so we have 15 years of experience, and now it's well, it's transnationally very, it's a, it's a well-known uh, initiative, but <clears throat> something to to to, to pick uh, here. I think a good example right now is what has been issued by the Irish government, the, the their paper on our rural future. Uh, which was issued, uh, I think, last year, um, which is a real integrated approach. But with uh, already actions listed, for example, one which is, in my opinion, very important, 400 remote working facilities, at the lo- local uh, hub for uh, distance working, and the COVID has demonstrated how much distance working from rural areas can, is, is a potential for, for the development. Uh, technological universities in local settings, online learning, rural youth assembly, it's another word which for me is key and I'm, I'm sure I will be back on this if you ask any question, is the youth, the young people, because we are speaking about a vision for the next 20 years, who will be there in twenty years? Me, no longer. You probably, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <but> Hopefully,
0: yes. <laughs> I expect to be there. Yes.
1: No, but it's important to uh, ensure that the views and expectations and ideas of the people which, to, who today are. 18, 25, 30 years old are taken into consideration and not marginally, but centrally. Centrally, it's their expectations which are important, their ideas which are important. Again, the Scots, the Scots, we have created the first, uh, the world's first smart village for young people. It's a smart village by young people for young people. It's a very interesting uh, idea.
0: What, what you raised, uh, it's about the importance of cooperation. And, and here you have different dimensions to that. You have the territorial cooperation, which is becoming more essential in the future. If we want to have a holistic, you have the need to have uh, for many rural areas to cooperate and work in partnership in, on an equal footing basis with, with, with urban areas, of, with bigger towns. So this, there is this type of cooperation. But as well, there is the type of cooperation of a rural-rural type of cooperation in order to sometimes for some of these services that we are talking about, you need certain scale. So this type of cooperation on, on, on basic service it could be on energy, it could be on health, it could be on mobility. You need certain scale. And the rural rural uh, type of uh, cooperation, it's also important to enable this, this holistic process. So we can call this more or less a horizontal type, horizontal and territorial cooperation. But then in addition, you mentioned an interesting thing, and it's the vertical cooperation. Meaning... Uh, the cooperation between those areas with some external actors that bring value to the development of that area. So you mentioned in the case of Italy, cooperation with the ministries because they are in charge of many of the services. So this local national direct cooperation, it's it's very important to bring in this know-how because I'm sure uh, a a small rural municipality in in Italy i mean working around mobility issues i'm i'm sure it's not their main uh, skill they have within their territory so there there is definitely on these new areas like energy mobility education there is definitely a need to build capacities and perhaps through this type of cooperations, these capacities might be enhanced at local level cooperation with national authorities cooperation with call it research innovation knowledge centers hubs there are many being created around, but I think this type of cooperation, in a wider sense. So, uh, so if we talk about rural development, we talk about, of course, the agriculture and, for, and agri-food and forestry sectors. But uh, we make the point that you know, in the future, it needs to be even more holistic. There are more issues around well-being uh, to ensure well-being in rural areas that go beyond those those three sectors and and perhaps even the COVID. It's outlining new sectors from which the rural areas can benefit from. So the the home economy, the distance economy, the the, the, the quality of life, I think, has become as well an asset. Many people are raising I, I, the, the point of data. The amount of data that it can be produced from rural areas would be one of the most important commodities for the future of rural areas. So I think one of the main important factors there is cooperation. I think you just express it rightly. The second one that you mentioned is governance. I think there is uh, uh, importance to set the right governance structure that enable people to participate and interact and, and empower them so that they hold their future as well in their hands, that they feel in a position that they can react and act uh, the, in order to achieve their views for the future at the community level. Also, here, very important to engage with the youth. You mentioned it. Those I I, I like to consider myself still within the youth community. So it's like, we are the ones that are going to be there in 20 years and we are the ones that need to bring this transition and this change to rural areas. So I think uh, we need, there is a need to provide them with the spaces and the tools to experiment, to work, to, to fail and to succeed. So for the two things. And then the third one, I think it's very important is the issue of leadership. I think for a vision to for the for a European vision, long-term vision for areas, there is a need of leadership, and I would like to 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 explore with you about that point because you are familiar uh, with the work and how the Commission work and national governments work, and as well at the local level. I think an important factor for for this kind of uh, rural visions that you know we have examples in the past and we also have at European level now new visions, or this Green Deal vision, is that there is a strong leadership behind. So um, how do you see that for this long-term vision and, and the aspect of leadership? How it should set up so it triggers as well action at national level? So we see, for instance, Ireland is already developing some sort of holistic vision for 2025, but still a very holistic vision and plan for the rural areas. Uh, but it came out before there is a, a, a long-term vision at European level, but at least it's already step. France as well is taking some steps toward a holistic rural agenda. So I would like to explore with you, what do you feel about the, the leadership aspect as an important component, how this could be ensured so it can trigger, trickle action in different member states and perhaps as well at local level?
1: You cannot declare yourself as a leader. A, a, a leader uh, has to be recognized. It means that the first step, it, it's what the Commission has done, eh? is to consult. To consult and to uh, gather the views of uh, a, 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 all, the, all, all the stakeholders. It has been done at European level. We will see the, the result in, in the paper, which is to come uh, shortly. It was the, philosoph- the very philosophy of leader at the origin. Eh? Uh, it's it's a, a, a group of local people representative of the diversity of the, of the, of the area, which makes the, the, the decision. When you look at the diversity of, and the numbers of all these leader groups, some have been success others well probably they were useful but nothing special I would say what's the, what's the difference when you look what's the difference between the the one which were innovative and has really make it make a difference and the others it there was a leader it's the leader I totally agree there is someone which has some charisma and an ability to uh, um, to push people to to to, to give the, the the best of themselves and there was a very uh strong um component of uh discussion and an agreement on what are the, the 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 key the key point but the 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 very existence of a leader is is key. And the leader is not necessarily an elected uh, guy eh? or or lady. Um, It's someone which is uh, recognized for his uh, ability. I was fortunate at the the period of leader that we we had a real leader at European uh, level at that time, which was Jacques Delors. he was the president of the European Commission and it, it, that guy had a a real leadership and and, and it was recognized uh, by all the head of state or or government and internally uh, it was totally, he he had an ability to gather all the energies and uh, I think the Commission under his uh, presidents have achieved uh, much more than than it it has been achieved uh, since then. eh? For the time being, I don't see leaders with charisma able to bring all this movement. Let's hope that what has changed, uh, if you compare the situation now and uh, 30 30 years ago, uh, it's the fact that the the local actors are much more organized and powerful. Eh? There are a lot of networks. The key word is network. 30 years ago, networking wasn't, uh, well, there, there wasn't the, the, the tools for, for, for this. And it wasn't in the... <clears throat> In, in the in the habits people were much more used to the vertical approach when someone give orders and the others uh, just uh, uh, do the, the best they can <clears throat> but now uh, it's no longer like this there is a lot of networks and some are very powerful if, if uh, and, and, and the decision maker have to listen to the networks. They, can, they can't they can go counter to, to, to the networks. And the European Parliament with its new powers uh, has a good capacity to make an interface between all these networks and uh, uh, the, the European uh, Commission. And if you look at the, the paper, Issued by the Agriculture Committee of the European uh, Parliament uh, last last year, late last year, I think they they, they had a good uh, analysis of why a, vision, a new vision is needed. Huh? It's because the the CAP reform is is a failure because it's mainly uh, about delivery model and not only. It doesn't question the the, the way the agriculture or the rural development are working. The cohesion policy uh, have gone into a a direction which is exactly the opposite you you, you would need to go uh, because there is no longer any link between the cap and the cohesion policy apart leader, which is a very thin (laughs) link. It will not be easy because the lobbies for the lobbies are powerful. The lobbies of the traditional agriculture, the, the intensive agriculture, are very, still very powerful, and um, the decision-making mechanism, as we know at European level, is extremely complex and not so satisf- satisfactory.
0: Indeed, it's 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 a very heavy mechanism to to bring changes. I think. It is being clear the messages that are emerging from this consultation that uh, the, the Commission launched to hear uh, people's voices. People are claiming for something a bit more holistic. But again, as you said, the, the Brussels games, I, I call it, is, it's, a, it's a very heavy mechanism. Let's see how it moves. And let's hope that we, we get a vision that it's own and that is recognized by people and that attracts uh, further changes. Perhaps we need to start slowly. It's a long term vision. I'm sure the communication that the Commission will launch now up before summer, it would be the starting point of many more discussions around this topic and, and, and see what are the ideas emerging. Some people talk about and are already brainstorming about a, a specific rural semester, so link it there, the, about a the rural agenda. You mentioned rural proofing as an idea to bring and ensure that there is more uh, interaction between non-traditional ministries and, and, and uh, with rural issues. Uh, and I think these discussions will just start or we will, we will start after the communication and, and let's, see, let's see how it goes.
1: Right now, um, in order to evaluate, I think we, we need a change of paradigm. Um, what is important is to measure the well-being, the happiness, the cohesion, the goodwill of people. It, it, to have tools able to measure the social return on investment, an approach of, of social return, not only economic return. It's clear that it's linked again with the process of social mobilization. Always we will be back to this if I am proud of something uh, in leader is this to have put this at the center, the, the social mobilization of the people, the process, the governance, much more important than any content that you, uh, or technical content of, of the measure and, and, and the project. It's, it's the change, the, the real change mechanism for not only rural, but for, for, for the societies and the, at local level.
0: Indeed, the, in the, this is the, the hidden uh, aspect of development. This issue of bringing people together, animating, building social capital, so communities are able to react. We have seen it now with the COVID. Those rural areas that had this strong or be, were able to build this strong social capital along the years, and for which leader, it's it's a big instrument supporting that, were able to mobilize themselves uh, and and react quicker. Uh, and put measures to this this pandemic. I just came to my mind, you know, uh, probably many of the listeners know, Paul Soto. Paul Soto was a lag manager for many years in, in Extremadura and he's still very well connected. Paul Soto is former uh, team leader of the ENRD Contact Point, the European Network for World Development. And we've seen that his lag area uh, reacted very quickly uh, um, to the COP. So, they were using the group to bring all the actors together as a platform to exchange, discuss and agree what are the measures that they needed to implement in order to cope with the impact of, of COVID. And, and, and we managed in the NRD to collect many other examples that shows that social capital is a, is a strong component and sometimes this social capital when you are precisely right like when you do an evaluation is not the main is not the easiest thing to capture in an evaluation and to see the return on that i mean you see it in extreme situations and i think the uh, the covid have shown the importance the importance on that and precisely as we mentioned that cooperation uh, it's one of the key enablers in order to have cooperation, you need to have social capital and people animating and leading. To conclude the conversation that, that we had today, um, I just would like to ask you what, what, what recommendation you could give to, to local communities to, to act now so they can achieve uh, uh, their desirable uh, rural future in 2040 or 2050 or 2035, whenever.
1: Um, Well, it's not easy to make recommendations to local people who know uh, we are the the only one to know what is important and and possible for for them. But uh, I I would say, uh, first of all, be ambitious, because the rural uh, areas have, I think, renewed opportunities and linked with the, the COVID crisis uh, we see that there is a renewed ac- attractivity of the, the, of the rural setting, it's, it looks more secure, the environmental quality, the, the possibility of distance working and learning, and so on. It's, there is a lot of job opportunities and, and well-being behind these new opportunities. Second, um, don't forget to be diverse. Diversity and the crisis COVID have demonstrated this. The climate change uh, as well. When you say that the freezing in the in the vineyards, or uh, for example, if you are mono mono industry or uh, mono product, product uh, mono product, uh, you are you are at risk. Uh, so, in order to to resist. the the, the shocks. uh, Ensure that you cover the maximum possible field, that your approach is as holistic as possible. And third, and maybe it's the most important, uh, ensure that you always do everything in, in a collaborative way. It's the key for success.
0: Thank you very much, Michel. I think it's a fantastic way to conclude and we hope you enjoyed it first of all uh, Michelle and I hope people listen to us also enjoyed this conversation and we hope they join us in future podcasts as well